Welcome to Africa LSB podcast, your monthly podcast for language services in Africa, where we give trends, translation, interpretation, localization, and language industry in general. This podcast is presented by Bolingo Communications and Media Council and hosted by the wonderful Adina Maran Kulibali. If you want to give your feedback or feature on the podcast, just send us an email at the address info at bilingualconsult.com. This podcast is supported by Multilingual, your go-to source for language industry news since 1987. Welcome to yet another episode of Africa's LSP podcast. My name is Adi, and as you may be aware, I am the host of this podcast, which is dedicated to the language services industry in Africa. For this episode, we're having a conversation with Thomas Shaweta. He's a freelance translator, and he's based in Zimbabwe. We're going to talk about a beautiful language called Shona, um, and also we're going to talk about all the official languages of Zimbabwe and how this is playing out. We're going to look at the importance of Shona in Zimbabwe, the various fields for which he has translated for when it comes to Shona, the considerations when translating into Shona, the challenges that a freelance Shona translator can face, and gaps and opportunities. So um, please join me to welcome our guest for today, Thomas Shaweta. You're welcome to Africa's LSP podcast. Thank you so much for having me on the podcast, Adi. My name is Thomas, as you just introduced, Thomas Shaweta, and I am a translator in Zimbabwe. I translate from English into Shona, and Shona is my native language. Great. Um, would would love to also have this introduction in Shona so that our listeners can have a feel of you know how the language sounds like. In Indianonzi, Thomas Shaweta, Dirimushanturiwe Chirungu, Nez Shona. My name is Thomas Shaweta. I am an English to Shona translator in Zimbabwe. So let's go straight into the discussion for the episode. We want to talk about Shona. And uh, I think it's uh, good to start with looking at the, the language itself. Um, let's talk about the number of speakers. Uh, we want to know perhaps whether when somebody goes to Zimbabwe or on the street of Harare, it's spoken, you know, everywhere or whether it's, it's only spoken in some places. So can you please share some insights on the language? Okay, so Shona is a language that is mainly spoken in in Zimbabwe and Mozambique. And... It is uh, its written standard was uh, codified during the twentieth uh, century. the The standard Shona is based for, on some dialects or other uh, other language variations that are, uh, for example, uh, English, uh, Kalanga, Maika, Zezuru, Korekore. Uh, they we call them Chikanda Maseko. Uh, and they make up the, the Shona languages. So it's it's used by many people in Zimbabwe. About 70% of the 
of Zimbabweans uh, speak Shona as their first language. Although there's also another 20% uh, who also speak in the well, Matipeleland region of Zimbabwe. So Shona is, is used by many people in Zimbabwe. So about the official language, uh, other official languages, uh, in Zimbabwe, I mean, uh, adopted a new constitution, which also uh, made other languages official. We have now have about 16 languages which are regarded as official languages of Zimbabwe, which are Shewa, Chibarwe, English, Kalanga, Khoisan, Nambia, Ndau, Ndebele, Shangani, uh, Shona, uh, Sign Language, So. Tswana, Venda, and Tosa. So those are the 16 official languages of Zimbabwe. But as I just mentioned, uh, we mainly use Shona, uh, which is spoken by over 70% of the population. And also English is used in government and business, and it's the main medium of instruction. So um, let's take, for instance, in the media, what language would be more, most common in the, on the TV stations or radio stations? What language do you usually hear the most in Zimbabwe? There are some radio stations that use uh, English, uh, English language, and then there are also others that, that uh, use. So like Radio Zimbabwe is mainly for Shona, even the news. And, and when it comes to the news, they have news in English, in Debele and, and, and other uh, languages, depending on which station you are, you are listening to. Let's talk about your, your experience in the field of localization and translation into Shona. Um, I got to know you personally when we had um, a localization project into Shona, and I'm talking about Bolingo here. And it was really great working with you, and I appreciated your experience. Perhaps you'd want to share a bit about you know your experience in the field of Shona. What are some of the Field areas that you've translated in, and what are some of the lessons that you've uh, drawn from these experiences? Okay, so I, I think let me just first talk about how I became a translator. Um, when I completed uh, school, that is my advanced level education in Zimbabwe, uh, it was uh, expensive for me to uh, access higher education. So I began teaching as a temporary teacher, teaching mathematics, English, and Shona at one of the local schools. And I was later invited to join a translation team at the local branch of uh, Jehovah's Witnesses as a voluntary worker. So I underwent a translation training for several months. And it was a, a that training that I became a translator. and. Uh, my term as a volunteer translator ended after four years. And I was translating full time in those four years from English to Shona. I was doing translation of publications for websites and for printed edition of books. And from there, that's when I started to, uh, I started my journey as a freelance translator. So I have translated so many fields in, in, in Shona from religious articles and pharmaceutical booklets. And, and there are, there's also another part of for the, the field of translation food, which also includes uh, transcription, 
uh, proofreading and mechanical checking of, of, of translated documents. So that's, that's, that's what I do. That's what I've been doing in the field of translation. It, it's more like discovering myself that I really enjoy this field. Just as an interesting fact, when I was in school, I didn't really enjoy uh, Shona as a language itself because uh, we are we are encouraged to speak English. But then becoming a translator has helped me to really appreciate Shona as a language. It's a small language, of course. Uh, we we struggle to put things in Shona sometimes, especially scientific matters. But to me. I have grown to appreciate uh, Shona as a language. It touches the heart, especially when you see uh, people reading uh, books in Shona. They are more touched than when they do in English. And, and that's what happens, in, I think, in, in most languages. To, to your, your native language, no matter how small you think it is, it touches your heart. And, and to see that uh, first-hand experience has helped me to, to appreciate my work as a translator. Hmm. When you mentioned that you've done work in clinical trials, I was about to ask if you faced uh, challenges with technology and you spoke about it. And I just want to find out more about, you know, this aspect of the language. Is it um, difficult to find actually terminology in, in some specialized areas like pharmaceuticals or medicine or others? Uh, there are words that I use, like that's the names of, of, of medicines. They are also in, they are in English, so you you can't say to, you can't try to find a way to say amoxicillin in Shona when it is in English like that. So you need to strike a balance when it comes to scientific terms, and also the target audience. Uh, if you know what your target audience is, that is also going to help you how to to, to translate that that document into 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 Shona, uh, while also trying to make sure that the translated document is accurate and readable to a, to a Shona speaker. We also have what we call Shonglish here in Zimbabwe. That's like a mix of Shona and English. And people are getting used to that, especially now that there's a, a, a huge rise in, in, in publications, uh, especially due, uh, due to the fact that most people are using smartphones and Size like the social media size, and 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 because of that, people are used to this kind of uh, writing where English is is mixed with Shona uh, in Shona publications. You spoke about clinical trials. Are there other areas of fields that you worked on when it comes to Shona? Yes, like I've mentioned, my training uh, uh, came from a religious organization. I translated religious articles and including books, uh, videos that also included lip synchronization of videos and recording of, 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 of publications that will also be published on the website as audios. And besides that, I also did uh, the translations of uh, questionnaires and those questionnaires were used in, in, in hospitals uh, either to test a new, med a new uh, vaccination or anything that is related to, to clinical trials. I also translated uh, legal documents for, to be used in courts. Shona is uh, 
written the same way as Swahili or many other Bantu languages. Uh, it's, it's easier for a, for a Shona person to, to learn Swahili because it's a, the way Swahili is written is, is the same as the way Shona is. It's, you, 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 you write Shona as, as the way you hear people speak. I'm going. So you, we use vowels so much. Yeah. It's, it's very unlikely to write say, something vowel in Shona. And we, and we also have uh, uh, the letters that we don't use. For example, we don't have L in Shona. We, 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 in place of L, we use R. For example, instead of saying class, we say class. So instead, of, um, instead of L, you would use, is it R? Yes. Okay when we are like we are using the the english is l but we use r in every everywhere when the way there's l in english interesting so do you would you say there are any considerations that people should take into account or let's say organizations that want to localize into shona are there specific things they have to take into account with regards to for instance the a specific language variety that they need to use to reach out to the to their target audience or they can just say um i want shona that is spoken in zimbabwe and everything will be fine shona is the uh language that is taught in school like for example i am a Ndao speaker uh that's my dialect uh, but i was taught at school to write and re to read and write shona so right now I'm staying in Harare. I, I have no problem speaking Shona as much as uh, the this region in Harare they speak the they speak Zezul, which forms that major part of of Shona language. And there are also people who speak, uh, for example, Kalanga. They can also speak Shona because they are taught in school. So if you want to have a publication in Zimbabwe. That is translated. Um, if you wish translate in Shona, that means the majority of people are going to be able to read that publication. And I would think if you have more resources, you would want to translate in these other uh, language variations. But just to simplify everything, you can have it in English, Shona, and Develi. And you have covered maybe ninety nine percent of everyone in Zimbabwe. Interesting. Uh, do you think that there is an increasing demand for uh, translation or localization into Shona? And um, if yes, where is that demand coming from? Is it coming internally within uh, Zimbabwe, or do you see that demand coming from outside Zimbabwe or outside the continent? Well, my clients are all international clients. And I have noted that they have some interest in Zimbabwe. For example, for pharmaceutical companies, they, are, they want to sell their, uh, their products. For example, in HIV self-test. So they want it to be localized. And I have seen a, a trend of a rise in... Uh, many people 
many or many many companies outside Zimbabwe who are investing in Zimbabwe. They want to make sure that they reach everyone in Zimbabwe. So they are, that's that. Those are my clients, and for Zimbabweans here in Zimbabwe, we we do not we can read Shona in English, so we don't really worry about whether it's, it's English, and especially for those who live in urban areas. So if you want to have your publication reach the the rural, that's that's when you have to put much in each translated. But the majority, the people who are in in urban affluent areas, uh, they are comfortable with English language. When it comes to translating into local languages, like I said, uh, I, I mainly get my clients from. Outside Zimbabwe, I don't even have one client in Zimbabwe. So those people who are much interested in, in the localization and in, in translation are people who are selling their products and, uh, for example, HIV self-tests in Zimbabwe. So they want them to be localized to reach uh, the majority of people who speak Shona language. Can you talk about some challenges that you face as a freelance Shona translator based in Harare? One of the challenges I face is uh, that uh, we have so much power outages here in Zimbabwe. And uh, you, if you have a project that you need to work on and to be delivered on time, sometimes you might have any issues with that. And also, we have an issue of uh, the payment methods that are used by international clients. So for example, uh, PayPal, which is not supported in Zimbabwe. And so for me, I had to find someone who is in the U.S. who can who, uh, provide me with a PayPal account and I get paid. And even to to get like a state number of, a state number of, of clients who can provide you with work it's not that easy so you know you have to do something else on that 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 also helps you to to get some income and then whenever you get a project in Shona to, that needs to be translated then you make sure you work on it during that onset of COVID-19 I was able to work from home and to translate COVID-19 related documents so it, it's, a, it's a field that that, that I can uh, work on whenever, wherever I am, and I enjoy doing so. Do you think, um, in terms of the, the challenges, do you feel that there is um, a lack of trust among, uh, let's say, agencies and freelancers? Uh, do you get paid for your services all the time, and how do you relate with agencies usually? Okay, so since I... I work with international clients, they have their uh, timeline when it comes to payments. Some say they pay within 45 to 60 days, which is a very long time, for, especially for someone who lives in, in, in a country with a very volatile economy. And as a translator, you, you need to cover your day-to-day uh, -day expenses. But, but there are also other uh, uh, clients who pay uh, in like, for example, in seven to 21 days. And, uh, and that, that's, that's better if, if I find a client like that. And 
what I'm also grateful for is that I'm all I'm always paid. I have always been paid whenever I do I, I did a project. So one thing that has helped me is to at least to do a, a background check of that uh, client, and then work together, just to, uh, hoping that the client is going to pay me, and they always did, which is something I'm I'm grateful for. Yeah, I'm really glad to 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 know that you've always been been paid by clients because one uh, key issue that freelancers faces being um, is, uh, you know, the fact that they are not always paid by clients, especially agencies. And this actually breeds a lot of um, mistrust and distrust within the, the, within the industry, which I think is not very healthy. And so we're just hoping that things will improve in that regard as well. So we've spoken about the, the challenges that you face as a freelancer. Aside that, do you perceive any opportunities within um, the local, let's say, the African languages uh, setting? With the artificial intelligence, there is some uh, work that is being that 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 is being done by uh, companies that provide translation services are automatically, and the, those those also look for translators who who help them with the with their texts to make sure that the uh, the applications translate shown are well. So uh, to me, I think uh, that's the, the, the way uh, technology is moving forward also brings some some new opportunities uh, to work on. In Zimbabwe, I am really impressed that even some companies, they are starting to use Shona in their advertisements they, like they, they never did before. And I'm hoping that with the time, we will be able to uh, have some work locally that we can work on. Yeah, I also hope that we'll, we'll have uh, you know more demand into uh, for localization into African languages because we know that people you know are able to interact better with products and services when these are provided in their native languages, and and so African languages become very very important in that regard. Do you have any further insight, comments, suggestions to our listeners as we are wrapping up our discussion? Yes, I just wanted to add an interesting fact about Zimbabwe and itself. It means a house of stones. It's, it's Zimbabwe Mabwe in Shona. And the name comes from some stone edifices that were built some centuries ago it's a tourist attraction site and that's where the name uh, comes from the name zimbabwe um is it in shona or what yes it's a shona name it was it, it used to be called uh, rhodesia um okay. and up until zimbabwe got its independence in the 1980s so that's where that's when it was changed to zimbabwe and Zimbabwe, our house is Imba, right? Or in plural, Zimba. So Zimba Zamabwe, Ibwe is a stone. So that's where the name is. It's almost like an infusion of, of house and stone to make uh, like Zimbabwe. It's a Shona word. That's great. 
All right. So, Thomas, it was really great to have you with us and to discuss and to talk about Shona. For me, I, I really love the language, especially when I hear you speaking it. You know, it's so smooth. It's uh, And uh, Shona speakers really take their time when they are speaking the language. They don't speak it very fast. And for me, I find it very beautiful. All right. So, um, Thomas, it was really great having you for this episode of Africa's LSP podcast. We look forward to having further discussions about Shona and to talk about what's happening in Zimbabwe with regards to localization. And hopefully, we'll invite you again on the podcast. Thank you so much. Thank you, too. We invite you to go to multilingual.com slash Africa LSP to receive a free one-year digital subscription to Multilingual Magazine. You can also find this link in the podcast description.